Chin a bit. Skittish. Bosh in the nosh, motherfuckers. Oh yeah. Done it. Rain in the cranium. Mm. <laughs> Welcome to Chinabit! <laughs> we are doing our favourite lyrics today, aren't we, boys? Are we? Is that what we're doing today? Yeah. I thought I thought we were doing best artwork. <gasps> well, just no. pretend like you meant it. I will. And carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Okie doke. Right, so this is one of our themed episodes that we're doing, and I thought we'd come up with... Um, and Sorry. This is one of our themed weeks, and I came up with a theme of lyrics. So it can either be, you know, it was quite open to interpretation, your favourite lyrics or just lyrics you wanted to discuss. I know I chose mine quite randomly, but I've got stuff to say. And I look forward to hearing what you guys have to say about yours. Yeah. Any other bits of business you guys want to take care of before we start? As ever, because it's our favourite lyrics round uh, week, it is only fair that we are sponsored by our favourite beer, the king of beers, Budweiser. But wiser, 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 wiser. And we can all agree that the only way that any of these songs could be lyrically better is if they shouted Budweiser throughout the song. Yes. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Also, sorry. See if you took Trick of the Light by Matt Corby that we spoke about in last week's episode and just removed the scat. It'll be two weeks, I think. Two weeks, episodes. okay, and then you just remove the scat and just have him singing Bud repeatedly. Do you think that would have knocked up? Yep. I think it might have taken it to 11. Fucking spinal tap over here. Um, also, on <laughs> we've, we've been doing a wee thing, a wee game. Um, on the last episode we did it, I failed to guess the word that the boys were trying to say. So this time it's me and Jim saying a word that Liam has to guess. I'm just sending it to Jim the now. <laughs> I'll try not to say it out loud as soon as I see it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, doke, that's a good one. And um, yeah, if uh, let's see if Liam guesses it or not. I don't know if this game's fun for anyone else. Uh, I, <laughs> I know in the episode they did it on me, I forgot. <laughs> mainly about the whole game so that might happen a few times but it's a fun one to li- listen back to and go ah basically <laughs> makes us listen back to the episodes to give us a couple more listens every week <laughs> Jim, did... well, we, could do a, we could do a competition but because we give the word away so it wouldn't work do, do I get three tries to guess it you can do mm-hmm. well I kind of yeah I, I it was between three and I had to ask between the th- yeah so you get three guesses of what the word is cool sweet that works on it i should have at least used one eh fucking hell, i'm gonna push my game up for the next time we <laughs> do it because that was fucking pitiful um <laughs> part of the ever-changing format of tuna boot as we try and keep ourselves interested <laughs> not interesting interested yeah uh, exactly uh, liam anything you want our listeners to do see that like button you know, you know that little like button, that little like button. Just, just give it a little like. You know, just give it a little like. Just subscribe a little, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that me. made me feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> Press the like <sighs> button. Oh, that's worse. <laughs> what, what? What? Sorry. 
press the like button. Get some ASMR in this shit. I felt that in my back. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. That made you feel like Jim's back. Press the like button. (laughs) Subscribe. (laughs) Rate us if you can. I don't know if you can rate us, but rate us if someone wants to. Oh yeah, give us a five star like on Apple Podcasts. That'd be class if you're on there. I don't know if you could do it on Acast. Tell tell your mates about it. Tell them to listen to it. You know, it's quite funny. Uh, After working at all the analytics, we get our most listeners on on the actual Acast website. We're only in it for the hardcore fans, man. (laughs) It's just the people at Acast who've heard it and they've they've told all their pals in the office, listen, you heard this. (laughs) I know we get literally hundreds of new podcasts a day, but this tune about one, this is where it's at. (laughs) <laughs> that's what's happened well there we go anyway right so so yes as I said I the theme chosen this week was favourite lyrics or just lyrics you want to discuss lyrics in general songs with lyrics in them um, <laughs> I love <laughs> I a song with a lyric we, it's good isn't it nah. and the songs we have this week are Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd <laughs> okay, there we go. Uh, Dance me to the end of love live by Leonard Cohen. Salutations by Connor Obrest. Oberst is it Oberst or Obrest? Obrest. Because you were saying Obrest, but it's Oberst. That's the way it's spelled. Yeah, I say Oberst. Connor Oberst. Heads roll off by Frightened Rabbit. The Jeweler's Hands by Arctic Monkeys and Just Boy by Biffy Clyro. And it is duo to start us. Round one. Thank you. Um, shall I do a, shall I do a crab pun to kick us off? Do it. But again, we haven't introduced right. So Dougal has to do six puns relating to crabs. But not, you know, you know, doesn't have to, but chooses to. Yeah, that's why we call him Six Pun Dougal. <laughs> <laughs> that is my name. Um, there is a, well. I what happened was today I, I asked the guys if they if I said I'd do any puns because we can't really remember the episodes we record and then Jim said yeah 10 about lobster and well I might do some lobster some crab so then it turned into six for the last episode we recorded about lobsters and six in this episode about crabs um and I just wanted to showcase my muscles a bit and really crab this opportunity <laughs> Nice. I enjoyed that one. That's good. That's one. I've got. That's number I've, one. I've got about <laughs> two that I really like, and the others were written in the last five minutes of my break while someone was telling me about something I was meant to be doing at work. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> but you know, always up for a challenge. So let's fucking. Go for it. Shall I talk about the song now? Yeah, do that. Good. So, <laughs> I've went I've went a bit out there for the first one with the little known song by Pink Floyd, um, who I'll introduce to Jim now. Uh, a song called I "Wish mean, You Were Here." Uh, did you get a chance to listen to it, Jim? I mean, there is obscure, and then you know, I mean, never. I actually couldn't. It wasn't on Spotify when I tried to look for it. Oh, really? Sorry yeah. for all. No, sorry, I just, <laughs> sorry, I actually can't be bothered to yeah. carry this joke. On. We'll have to go on to Bandcamp <laughs> to find them. <laughs> yeah, they're they're up and coming. They're good. All right, J- Jim's uh, Jim's got another podcast called "Who the Fucker Pink Floyd." Oh, 
<laughs> still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of them. Been going on for two years now. Still not found it. <laughs> um, no, I like I. I was there were a lot of songs for this man, and there were so many that I rejected. Uh, a couple of Lafontaine songs I love. A couple of father son songs I love. Um, close third was uh, "Happiness" by Kasabian. I really wanted to put mm-hmm. in, but I just I had to put in. It was actually after we did my story one. I was like, well, I have to speak about "Wish You Were Here" a bit more. I mean. If you're ever going to speak about a song that famously has amazing lyrics in it, Wish You Were Here has to be quite high up there. If not just for the We're Just Two Lost Souls Women in a Fishbowl year after year. I mean, there's something so fucking poetic and beautiful about that. That is just, you know, that that isn't paralleled really in sort of imagery as a fucking thing that someone's written in a song. But the whole song, I think, from start to finish, it means a lot to me because... It's been a firm family favourite for years. I've always listened to it with my family. It's always the one when everyone's drunk. They're like, you can play that on guitar. Go and play it. And then my uncle passed away and I played it at his funeral. And every time I play it, I think of the people I've lost and the people I kind of wish were here. You know, as fucking stereotypical as that is. But it just builds up a lot more meaning the more that you think about it. So I couldn't not talk about it. And just this whole, I don't know, this whole, like, these verses about, you know, can you tell these, you know, beauty from sorrow, essentially, throughout, you know, a smile from a veil, um, blue skies from pain, all this, these sort of juxtapositions are just beautifully put together and just ring true throughout the song. Um, There's... I mean, there's not much to say on it that hasn't already been said by someone, I don't think, but lyric it's a lyrical masterpiece as a song. It can read it reads beautifully, it sounds beautiful it's I mean the song itself is fucking unbelievable. If you've not listened to it come on. Like give it a listen at least <laughs> once. Because it's quite good. You know? I love the We're Just Two Lost Souls Women in a Fishbowl, obviously. Standard lyric. I mean, every, you know, that's a that's a tattoo of a lyric that I'm sure so many people in the world have. But then this solemn, uplifting end that works so well for the song, this juxtaposition between being solemn and being uplifting, when it's just end, running, running over the same old ground, what have we found, the same old fears wish you were here and just that never endingness of this you know searching between the pain and the joy throughout life is just fucking unbelievably put in so few words and it's just it's fucking poetic and beautiful i love it well they're a prog rock band (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no this is this is yeah, it was the first song that came to my mind when I thought of lyrics. Like it just it just has to you can't not discuss lyrics without putting this in. And it is a masterpiece. It is probably it's more probably one of those as well that took I, I don't know about this. I know I've listened to interviews about him about them writing it, but I'm sure it's one of those that they didn't think too much about. You know what I mean? One of those magic ones that just kinda happen. 
But that's the sense you get from it. You know, like the best ones are usually the ones that just sort of fall out from fall down from the sky, sort of thing. And yeah, it reaches so many people and touches, and it will continue to do so for generations to come. I remember watching like Pink Floyd stuff on YouTube. Me and my family do that a lot. You know, watch Pink Floyd on YouTube, and one of the comments was saying like how. Pink Floyd's going to be talked about, you know, the way Mozart and Beethoven are talked about now, hundreds of years later. I mean, it's the best this music's been, really, in my opinion. It's, it's, it's so it's so original as well, it's so of itself. It's a whole universe within itself that explains our own universe somehow, you know, however many wanky ways you want to say it. But, um, yeah, good. Yeah, I it's it's got mine when we were chatting about Heldon um, by David Bowie and that sort of hero's Heldon style thing that it's a song that lives on long after we're all gone you know it's one of those mm. that you just know it's there forever it's timeless yeah yeah i don't know if I, I think i've said this in the podcast before but like i know like i love pink floyd but i'm what i fall into that category of that i've not truly listened to them like i don't know I'll, like all their stuff and wish you were here is one that definitely i've I've listened to, but I've not really appreciated it properly. I've not been sitting down listening to it. I've not had it on any playlist of that as well. But listening to that this, I'm going to say week and not couple days. <laughs> Feel free to do with that what you wish to go. But it's been fucking amazing. Arguably, this song has better lyrics than another brick in the wall. <laughs> it's a little joke but, there, guys. <laughs> what's the joke? Because I said arguably, like there's an argument there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> what you can't see, listeners, dear listeners, what you can't see and what you can never see when Liam does a joke like that is the most joyous bit, which is Jim's reactions. Unfortunately, if I take a video to do on Instagram or something, it's incredibly hard to find the moment that Liam's going to put out a shit joke because his timing's that no, dreadful. No, no, that you can't, no, you can't it's, fucking it's, got, it's his timing, number one. <laughs> Secondly, they're, they're not jokes. That was, that, was, that was just some words. It was nothing. You can't do that and look at me with a half smile on your face and expect me to think, oh, brilliant joke. You have to think about these things, Liam. <laughs> I love you very much and I'll take a bullet for you, man. Are you saying that Christ. saying arguably about something that's not argumentable argue, ar- argument, argumentable argumentable is not a joke? Well, if it is by the very you know loosest definition of joke, it's not a very good one or an, obvi- or an obvious one. But I don't know you've jo- the, the problem is I don't know you've joked until a minute <laughs> afterwards and you're still looking at me smiling. It's like... <laughs> Oh, I've missed something. But then you go, no, I haven't missed anything. I mean, unless it's just, you know, maybe it's just your style and maybe it's... You know what, maybe I shouldn't be so harsh on it. Anyway, The the definition of a joke is a thing that someone says to cause amusement or laughter. There we go. So it does does say it as a joke. It just, the amusement or laughter (laughs) is um, subjective, really, depending on the outcome. Well, I I I could do the full Nish Kumar for you. Prick. 
He's not a prick. I'm sure he's a lovely guy. He just annoys me. <laughs> I got lightheaded doing that. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the lyrics throughout are just absolutely stunning. But like the the whole the, my favorite kind of section of it though was uh, did they get uh, you to trade your heroes for ghosts, hot ashes trees, etc., etc. Because uh, when you're listening to that, the imagery is just so fucking clear in your head. It's so stated. It's oh, it's amazing. Love it. Yeah. Good. Very, very good pick for good lyrics. Flawless. Flawless. That's a that's a good that's a good word. If I say it like this, right? Flawless. Technically a joke, Jim. <laughs> I had the intention behind it there. Jim. <laughs> hey mate. Sorry. I think it's your song next, and I'm just trying to get over this because I don't want you getting too crabby. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Is that off the cuff? No, no, I had it written down, mate. Don't worry. Oh, nice. Great. Well, <laughs> he knew I'd be crabby at one point. <laughs> <laughs> he knew you'd annoy me at some point, so it was fine. All right. Uh, yeah, you know I love you, man. I keep doing what you're doing, man, honestly. Oh, well, and I do. Do Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit right okay okay so the song i went for dance me to the end of love the live version by leonard cohen who's a blues folk and sophisty pop artist sophista pop new sophista pop new word i found today mm. quite like it so we have a weird one because i posed this theme of lyrics and i had a page of you know, like dozens and dozens of songs I was going to pick, none of which were Leonard Cohen songs. And then the day of, I was listening to Leonard Cohen, and I thought he's got some good lyrics. <laughs> Let's just bung one of his up. I, I don't know why I just decided to do it so arbitrarily at the last minute, but I was just listening to his best of, and I was just like, "This, I fucking haven't heard this song in ages. I love it, and it doesn't have too many lyrics, which is a a good thing <laughs> because there were songs like." Uh, Suzanne, which have fantastic, beautiful lyrics, um, but there's a lot of them. It's quite dense, and there are songs like uh, "Future" and "Democracy" and things like that that you know have these sort of political ideas in them. And I'm not really the best person to talk about that kind of thing. So I went with this one, "Dance Me to the End of Love," because it does a lot with not too much, if you know what I mean. It's a sort of, it's incredibly atmospheric and powerful song, and the lyrics are incredible, but they're not they're not too specific. If you know what I mean, mm-hmm. it's not about well, in my mind, anything. It's more like a it's more of like a sort of poetic notions rather than it actually meaning anything, and you can just get lost in it. It's very potent and heady, and and what I like about Leonard Cohen stuff is that you can like breathe it in. You know, it has this sort of yeah, this reaction I get anyway. It's just like ooh. You just live in it, you know. You're just sort of sultry. If you, yeah, for one. <laughs> and uh, a lot of his music has, particularly this song, has a very cinematic quality to it. And when you combine that with this voice that feels very lived in, you know, it feels very real. It's just great. And I'm not gonna lie, it's seductive, sexy, even. Don't mind admitting it. You take like the it. sultry that I said out before and then put it in after that bit. <laughs> sultry, yeah. even. Thank you, Liam. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> so I think the lyrics I'm not going to obviously go through all of them but the very first one Dance Me To Your Beauty with a burning violin I think that on its own is kind of enough because you get a sense obviously it's a love song it's about and even though I said I don't really know what it's about it kind of invokes these ideas of being so enraptured with someone that you want to go to the you know the limits of existence with them and sort of it's a very indulgent atmospheric kind of love song and uh, I just think it's great (laughs) (laughs) I I, I just do Um, any other I mean all the lyrics are great I'm not just going to read the whole all of them out so I'll stick with that one (laughs) (laughs) well dance me to your beauty with a burning violin dance me through the panic till I'm gathered safely in lift me like an olive branch and be my homeward dove dance me to the end of love pretty good I think <laughs> quite, quite wonderful effective. analysis there. a solid 8.7 out of 11.25 for myself like Jim <laughs> not bad is that for the analysis of the song <laughs> oh no the analysis that's a 2.7 out of 8 <laughs> that's high <laughs> but anyway I love Leonard Cohen I love his lyrics and I apologise that I did do them justice there but there you go no you did you did enough justice yeah, yeah. That'll do. No, you're you're totally right with this sort of. I mean, it gave me saloon bar vibes. Like if you're mm-hmm. looking at that cinematic, very not not specifically western, but that sort of older picture vibes in a bar mm-hmm. somewhere. I think, and yeah, sultry. I had sultry written down, not written down, but in my head when I listened to it. Yeah. Um, that's sultry and sexy actually they were my two words that I wanted to bring up um, <laughs> which you guys covered so you know I might take another couple of weeks off because you guys seem to have it in the bag it's cool <laughs> see you later <laughs> no I first first time I heard Leonard Cohen was at an afters and everyone was just out of action everyone was too pissed and uh, this guy got up and he's just like, I'm putting on Leonard Cohen. <laughs> and he put it on and I was just like, what is that voice? Like, mm. and I don't know, like, if you take away the voice, the lyrics are fucking unreal. Anyway, like, it's, 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 again, I think the, the theme today is probably going to be everyone saying poetry. <laughs> Unless there's any curveballs coming, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, hey oh chicken on her. <laughs> <laughs> you, <you've... laughs> Could you imagine if I did that? <laughs> if we were doing three songs, that's totally what I'd do. <laughs> this guy's uh, you'll be familiar with this song. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, budgie on a seesaw. Let's go. <laughs> Fox and a tumble dryer. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly enough, would be dead Fox, Courtney Barnett. There we go. <laughs> um, I, you, you've got to imagine when he's writing these lyrics that he's writing them thinking, oh, this is going to sound ace me saying this. Mm. It's, it's going to sound good. And it does. Like, even I've got I've got that album I can't remember which which one it's called Mum got it for my Christmas one year, but that is literally just an album of poetry, 
with some music mm. playing in the background. Like this, this guy knows exactly. This guy, sorry, Leonard Cohen knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly how to write a poem and make it sound sexy, sultry, all that kind of shit. Like what's well, the like the poetic nature of it's really good, but what do you make of the music? Because I think it's all very simple. What he does, he doesn't fanny about too much. You got the, you've got the that kind of stuff going on, and you got the kind of going on. There's a, a there's one song. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. There's one song in particular called Tower of Song, which I nearly picked for this, mm-hmm. which arguably it does have better lyrics. <laughs> it sort of like almost describes like heaven for songwriters or singers and things. Uh-huh. But anyway, there's a bit where there's this little riff that's played on like a children's keyboard, and like nobody else on earth would ever get away with that. But because I don't know, he just does really interesting but simple stuff. There's nothing complicated going on. Mm. I just like it. I love his stuff. Yeah, I love him. I've got, I've got, I've got a lightning round. Obviously, this isn't a talk about, but I'm going to chuck it in anyway. Lou Reed Ooh. or Leonard Cohen. Leonard Cohen because Lou Reed wrote more shit than he did good stuff and I'm sorry he did he wrote (laughs) a lot of shit (laughs) if you're thinking about a song that you never really thought about but it's actually got some fantastically dark and disturbing lyrics Andy's Chest is one of the best songs to think about that That, he never thought about that he never he had no idea he'd written it when he fucking did, I bet you. That's fucking mental. Although, although if you're counting the Velvet Underground as well, that's too tough. You can't ask me that. <laughs> What's the next question? I refuse to answer. I'm ready. Leonard Cohen. <laughs> I refuse to answer that. Uh, Leonard Cohen did a lot of shite as well, by the way. <laughs> it's not all cold. A lot of it's Lou Reed was also close to being in mind. Yeah. He never I mean... Even even if we're just talking about those four songs, that alone, you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know what the name of the album "Velvet Underground" with the banana on it is called? Yep. What's it called? Wait, 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 Jim. Do you know what it's called? I I I don't know what it's called. I just want. I was to, gonna, I just wanted to was, get a quick quick answer. In the lightning, I got sucked into the lightning <laughs> of the round. The gaseous liquid. <laughs> got sucked into the lightning, <laughs> baby. Um, is it just called? No, it's not just called the Velvet Underground. Then Andy Warhol's peeled banana. Oh, Jim, you went the wrong way. Everyone thinks it's peeled called Warhol's Andy banana. No, everyone thinks it's called um, the like Andy Warhol because it's an Andy Warhol piece on the album art. But it's actually just called the Velvet Underground and Nico. I knew that. Yeah, I did know that. Why Dougal made me doubt myself with his face? <laughs> Doubting Dougal. And that's not my fault. <laughs> it's not my fault. His face made doubt me. I speak. could make you doubt your own name if I tried. <laughs> but I'm doubting it already. Look, mind that time that uh, <laughs> mind that time that you told them that we had a a birthday surprise ready set up for them. Yep. <laughs> his face was he didn't even need his face for that just his words anyway <laughs> Liam what is your I... what's your song yeah, what's what? your song for the first round my first round song is Salutations by Conor August I believe 
Yep, yep, cool. One second, I'm just getting a works up. <laughs> Aye, so now, I'm sure I've told you guys a story about this song before. And I looked for hours today trying to find that interview that I had quoted before. Uh, and I couldn't find it anywhere. I don't even know if it exists. exists. I think I'm going mad. But basically, this song was added on to Salutations, which is a album that took his Ruminations album, redid those songs with a live session, or not a live session band, with a session band, and then also added another, like, seven songs onto it, which I didn't realise it was another seven songs. It's fucking mental. And this was, in, in between those times, his Conor Obrist bro, uh, brother had died. And I had read an interview where this song detailed some things that had happened in their past, mainly the section where it talks about how this person could have left him in the water, but he made him live again, and I'm so sorry he couldn't pay you back, whole world dissolves. I had read an interview that I'm pretty sure is out there somewhere, but I just could not find today where that that was a that was a real life story from when he was younger and his brother had saved him from drowning in a neighbor's pool but yeah no i couldn't find it so i don't i i, I might just be going mad but i have i've quoted that interview to you guys at least a couple of times this song's lyricism is i would say probably at the top of conor obris game because he's quite the poet anyway and he's known for his he's known for his great lyrics but normally it's like the imagery that they're talking about but in this song in particular it's not just the imagery that I find fascinating it's the the way the sentences are structured so you've got one line which is uh, a stomach's turning sour inside a disappointed scout which has so many s's in it that when he sings it not when I say it but when he sings it it's you can hear the s just flowing through the words and I find that enthralling is probably the word I'd use for it and there's another one uh, like his, his daddy uh, his dad is in the dugout and stuff like that there's a lot of alliteration going on in this song which I just think just sounds lovely and it's got this like the song's got the nature of like everything's just gone to shit and you're just starting to realize it like I know that this song in particular is has some basis on him watching all the stuff that was going on in America at the time and just has just coming to uh, is just coming to an end all the trump stuff um and there's one line there that my tv's just reality and i can't watch no more and he found himself so what what's the word is it dissonance is that the, is that the word what, what depends what you try to say i suppose what's the what's the ver uh, i don't know he found that he, he, watching tv was making him more depressed even though he wanted to know what was going on in the world mm-hmm. and that's like the, the theme that like Everything that's been going on the last wee while is just so depressing that you just want to turn off from it. You don't want to have to be aware of all the stuff. Like, ignorance is bliss, basically. And you can't get that nowadays because everything's everywhere. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's even on this podcast. <laughs> what, ignorance? <laughs> from you, <laughs> maybe. Bliss. <laughs> Occasionally, bliss. More ignorance than bliss, though. <laughs> I give it four stars out of eighteen. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I just think the way the song's written is just stellar. I, I don't know. I could talk it up for ages, but we'll keep it short. What do you guys think? If you don't mind, I'll I'll go. I think this is uh, one of his. This is certainly a masterpiece from Conor Obrist. 
Um, and Dougal <laughs> is this the song? Yeah, Barbary Coast was on my first ever <laughs> Spotify playlist <laughs> from the album Ruminations. Um, Forty awesome. percent of your playlist now. I've got. <laughs> Make that a game. See if you guys can guess what. It, but um, that was when I first heard him. The rest of it. <laughs> Fucking, I don't know, Lady Gaga, bit of the Strokes, <laughs> an Eminem, tickled on top, and. Uh, someone else nah none of that <laughs> um, just ignore that alright so that was my first sort of introduction to him and it's just such a beautiful song and uh, so well written and his voice which I've, as we've spoke about on the podcast before just slightly on the edge of greeting but it's beautiful in that anyway when it comes to salutations um, I love this tune it's very smooth, and his voice is—it feels like very pained, but gorgeous at the same time. And the tone of that guitar melted my balls. It really did. It was amazing. <laughs> but the, the the lyric that struck me most, <laughs> Jim, just like some of the lyrics, man, you've got your own poetry going on there. So the Mate, guitar melted my balls. I can be poetic when I turn it on, man. You know. But the, the, the line that, uh, <laughs> there are a couple of lines that really grabbed me, because I didn't realise it was about what you were talking about, Liam, I didn't really, I'd only listened to it a few times. Mm-hmm. But the line that I liked was, there's a burnt out light bulb above my head, it's storing my ideas, there's a yearbook on the shelf that can't explain the years. I mean, that just structurally, and just, you know, content wise, that's, it's everything you could want from a lyric, really, it's absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed it, so thank you. Yeah, I don't have nearly as much to say. I just mm-hmm. fucking it, very good. Um, I echo what Jim said. Um, no, I, I wish this was the sort of introduction I got to Connor or Obris because then I would have listened to more of his stuff. <laughs> know what I mean? Like I just I haven't, and I'm not bothered if I do. But songs like this make you feel feel like you're missing out. And mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest compliment I can pay to the lyricism of this song, considering um, for the entire time we've known each other, Liam's tried to get me into Bright Eyes and Conor Obris and all that. Or it mentioned how good they are, and I've never once really given it a bash. And this was one of the, probably the first song that we'd listened to that I was like, yeah, this guy's fucking good. Yeah. Yeah, I find a lot of Bright Eyes stuff very difficult mm. I don't know why it just it, I think it just clicks with people or it doesn't it's like, it's like the Smiths effect I think Yeah, yeah you, you yeah, understand totally. how good it is mm-hmm. I'm getting into the Smiths we'll bring this up in another podcast I'm getting there though I'm fighting it and I'm getting there <laughs> separate point but um, aye it just it feels like if you don't and I think feel like if you don't initially love it then like the wall comes up mm-hmm. and I still have yet to climb that although some of Conor Obrist solo stuff for some reason has worked yeah I think I just want to finalise this bit with just the, the last section because I should have mentioned this in my bit the the whole bit about uh, being in the water uh, it was over before it began you, you could have left me in the water but you made me live again I'm sorry I can't pay you back I want to hold you till the world dissolves but we can't. Uh, just can't get attached what a, mm. what a beautiful closing paragraph just to 
end the song. I'm definitely going to have to listen to this song again. Yeah. I think I, uh, I didn't pay attention. I really think that um, with this song, Obrest has really clawed back some respect. Oh, tickle. Nice. Well, you know, I, I forgot to do the crab pump for that one. So <laughs> I had to chuck one of them in, and that was the one that fit. <laughs> anyway, are we at the end of these rounds? Are we choosing our favourite song of the round, or are we just going to fucking power through uh, and ha- be happy? Jim's call. It's his, uh, his theme week. Well, we probably should have a catch of the week, shouldn't we? Although it's, it is arbitrary. Well, go on then. Uh, what did you guys pick for this three? Well, it's a weird one, and don't take this the wrong way, but I don't want Pink Floyd to win. <laughs> I get that. You know what I mean? Because it's like, well, but then again, we had to be. I don't think it should be discounted either, because it is objectively the best. Obviously. Yeah. I could just skip it, couldn't I? Nobody cares, do they? But we could pick one as well. <laughs> Why don't I pick we just one at the pick end? one? Yeah, you can pick one at the end. <laughs> right, okay. That'll work. Fine. Right, boys. Not one of my ones, but I'll pick one at the end. Chinaboo. Oh, Swish. yabba dabba do. Bing bang bong. <laughs> um, Super excellente. Right, my trumpet. Round two. Round two. I would like to speak about this song called Head Rolls Off by Frightened Kravit. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I was going to show him the door. (laughs) See, it's a 50-50 split. I'm happy with that. I'll take it. I'll take it. (laughs) I don't know why I like that one better than the other. I think it's Rabbit. In crab it. it like there's there's not too much work to need to be done there. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, rabbit. The you, first. You like I, don't your know if you, I don't know if you know. The first three letters of rabbit are the last three letters in crab. Oh, is that why so it worked? It was, yeah. Oh, so it was, did you not know? No, I just I just hoped for the best. Mate, I took a I punt mean, on a grunt, mate. Hope for the best. <laughs> This entire bit's just a heap of crab. Come on. Come on. Don't try and steal my show. Uh, hold on, wait a minute. Um, cra- cra- no, I'm not bottling. <laughs> Carry on. Um, yeah, so this song, Frightened Rabbit, head rolls off. Obviously, if you look at the lyrics now... Um, while I'm alive I'll make tiny changes to earth is now the uh, tiny changes is the name of the covers album of Midnight Organ Fright that was done and is also the name of the charity that was started up in Scott Hutchinson's memory to support mental health in Scotland so already these lyrics have so much more depth than they even did when they were written and when they were written that was beautiful you know Mm. that idea of you know i don't mean anything but while i'm here i'll try and just do as much as i can to even if it's as little as like you know making someone happy on a day 
I'll make tiny changes to Earth. It was such it was such a big bandwagon to be able to jump on, if you like. You know, I couldn't not put Frightened Rabbit in this because Scott, I I've, I haven't put Frightened Rabbit on any of our playlists yet, apart from one of the before the podcast alternative tuners actually. But on any mm. of the main shows, I've not put on Frightened Rabbit. I've put on every other Scott Hutchinson side project, but I've not put <laughs> on Frightened Rabbit yet. And I was waiting for an opportunity to be able to speak about one of their songs. And I think when you speak about Frightened Rabbit, you have to speak about the lyrics. Because Scott Hutchinson is just, he is a master of lyrics. Um, we we called him the Scottish Bard when we did uh, um, Frightened Rabbit Night on Burns Night. And I think that rings true. He is is that just, two years ago now? Oh, yeah, at least. But yeah, he's, he's fucking phenomenal. And he is the modern bard. His lyrics are so fucking, we come back to poetry we're always gonna when we're discussing these lyrics like it's so fucking poetic and you could talk about this whole song you could dissect any verse um but the only bit that i the only lyric i really want to discuss which just sums up so much of what this song is actually about is just the first two lines it goes jesus Hmm. is just a spanish boy's name how come one man got so much fame? And I I absolutely adore it. And I, tell you, I never noticed it. I thought it was a good opening lyric, but I never actually thought about it until my stepdad, Scotty, every time this song came on, he would just sit back and go, how awesome is that? And it took me so long to sit there and actually listen and go, fuck, that's mm. amazing. It's simple, but it hits the nail on the head for a judgment on society almost into lyrics, like in two lines. It's fucking unbelievable. So much can be said in so few words like that. And that was why Scott Hutchinson was a master of the uh, written word and will continue Mm -hmm. to be long after he's gone. And I just, I, you know, you can't speak highly enough of what he did. It yeah. was, it, it was just, um, it was just fantastic. It's a, unbelievable, and that's that's me. That's me as well. <laughs> what else is there to say really? Uh, alternative indie rock. <laughs> the line, the line that I wrote down because I figured the first line because I remember we, uh, you talking to me about that first line before. So the other line I wrote down was. Uh, and it's not morbid at all just that nature's had enough of you mm. which I think is you know say I mean as we've mentioned before on the show um, how much of his songs were about what would eventually happen is it's insane the amount of references he makes to it and uh, to his own place in the world and how he felt about it yeah um, yeah I mean I'm just gonna say it's beautiful and sad and it hurts in all the right places it's just gorgeous yeah. What more is that to say? Well, I've got more to say. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I mean, call me Echo Smith because that's basically what I'm going to do. <laughs> See, now that wasn't a joke, but it was funny. <laughs> See the distinction? <laughs> that wasn't anything. It wasn't a callback. Didn't make any sense. There's no nobody's called Echo Smith or something. Like but Smith. it was funny. 
What? There's a band called Echo Smith. Well, colour me embarrassed for a carry-on. No, like, I probably listened to maybe a, like, a handful of Frightened Rabbit songs in high school because uh, a lot of my mates were into them. But I really went through my Frightened Rabbit renaissance round about the time. It was just it was just before Scott passed that I had proper given Midnight Organ Fight a full listen through. And I think it's when we were hanging out, actually, Dougal, that I was getting really into them. Pro- probably your influence, to be honest. And this song, to hear that round about that time properly and properly listen to it for the first few times round about that time was proper heartbreaking. Because it is... He's right. It's not morbid at all. It's like it's, the the message in this is uplifting. Like, oh yeah, the the fucking the main bit, the the right before that bit when it's all gone, like something carries on. Like, it did. It has, and it's getting like more and more prominent. Like everyone's starting to hear about tiny changes in the work that people are doing in Scott's name that just came from a few lines that he wrote in one of his early albums, in one of his earlier tracks. It's had so much impact. And it had a lot of impact before, but now it's just, it's something else. I mean, Hearts hearts uh, are sponsored by Tiny Changes now, the football club. Mm. Like, he's done so much with a few words on a page. Brilliant. Love it. Yeah, we need to move on because I'm starting to suffer from crabbing oh, fever. Mate, not... Oh, that's good. <laughs> Uh, that's better than the ones I've got, so we'll use that. <laughs> cool. Brilliant. Guys, we need to move on, because I'm starting to suffer from crabbing fever. <laughs> you know you can just cut your bit out, Jim. You're not... <laughs> I realise that. He might not have. <laughs> there was a moment when I went, fuck, he's rude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Jim, your second song of the day, man. Okay, no, so I've went for the... Oh, excuse me. I've not heard that song. Is that on the list? The second song I've chosen for today is The Jeweler's Hand by Arctic Monkeys. So obviously, if we're doing a lyrics round, I cannot not speak about Alex Turner. Well, I could, but I chose (laughs) to speak about him. And went for... I I know what... (laughs) No, I just thought the entire bit was just funny. (laughs) <laughs> alright thank you sorry just, I saw a lot of mischievous looking I thought it was funny oh, uh, alright good that's good uh, I'm just so suspicious <laughs> yeah anyway so Archie Monkeys are an indie rock band for better or for worse I don't know this is going to take a while on it right I'm just going to say everything I've got written down and we can move on shall we uh, so Alex Turner is a master craftsman when it comes to unique turns of phrase He's very good at alluding to certain emotions and themes with very creative and eclectic uses of imagery. Okay? Uh, if we go right back to his first album, well, not his first album, but the first the first Arctic Monkeys album, you know, he's managed to capture the feeling of a generation with songs about things from waiting in nightclub lines to describing what he sees around him in his hometown. So he's got songs like... Um, uh, certain romance, which are very, you know, they are very poetic actually, and sort of describe his surroundings and the people he grew up with and where he's come from and where he's hoping to go. And he does, he does that very well. 
and then we come to a song like this. Where am I? Aye, aye, to songs like this. Now, I don't have a clue what this song's about. I don't think this song's about anything, to be honest. Uh, and if it is, I, I don't know I said what it's it in is. the title, mate. Um, George Hans. Shut up, shut up, shut up. No, I'm not even going to entertain it. Just be quiet. Right, so I wanted to choose something from the third album because there is a very, there's a, there's a tipping point, there's a, a fulcrum. Oh, good word. There's a point where it turns. A tur yeah, a turner point, if you like, <laughs> between the first two albums and then what he subsequently went on to write about. Um, so I could have went for Cornerstone, and I nearly did because it's such a concise and beautiful song about and a fancy someone of being in love with someone and hoping to find them, but not quite seeing them or seeing the faces of them and other people. And it's so like it's probably one of his best written songs, but I didn't go for that. And I went for the Jewelers' hands because, in my little old opinion, it's one of their most underrated songs. I can't. Really, I don't know if they've ever played it live very much. I'm not too sure, but I just I love. I just fucking love the mood of it. And as I say, it marks a turning point where the lyrics start to become less specific, more nebulous, and he creates almost these types of dreamscapes. Almost. I mean, it's it's poetic in the sense that it doesn't give you. Similar to Leonard Cohen, really. It doesn't give you a specific... Like, there's no specific narrative to it, but it feels like there's more than just a... Like, you can sing a generic love song with things like, Oh, I love you, love you here. Oh, hello, come round to mine, we'll have some cake. <laughs> Whatever, <right? laughs> You know, you can write a love song like that. Or you can, <laughs> you know, uh, that was Metro way. Station, wasn't it? That was good, yeah. Met the old Metro Station coming back <laughs> to haunt us, yeah. Fucking Owl City, cunts. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it was. I think it was this point in this song in particular marks the, as I say, this move from more specific to more general sort of poetic kind of stuff. And the line that I really wanted to speak about, because I don't think, again, similarly to the Leonard Cohen one, I don't think this necessarily has the best lyrics overall in it. But there's one line in particular, which is as follows. Which is as follows. Which is as yeah. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, what? Uh, yeah, I had it written down right. Watching his exit is like falling off the ferry in the night. Right. So the reason why I like that line so much is because, <laughs> and this is going to sound silly, but imagine falling off a ferry <laughs> in the night. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, it's poetic, isn't it? You're right, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> no, listen, I'm not trying to do this disservice here. Don't be stupid and take the piss, right? But imagine falling off a boat in pitch blackness <laughs> and then landing in the ocean. That'd be pretty scary, right? Well, yeah, yes. yeah. Look, guys, you know what I feel about Jaws. Of course <laughs> I'd be fucking scared. Well, you wouldn't have anyone around to sign your shark at that then. I wouldn't. We're making callbacks to previous episodes and I hope I think we're making callbacks to previous conversations during an episode <laughs> half the time at this point <laughs> things oh, that right. didn't even make the cut things that didn't happen <laughs> yeah so what's it what's it what's a, <laughs> a tune a bit callback to things that didn't happen sponsored Bud by Bud Light Bud the king yeah. of callbacks the king of beers the king of lyrics the king of interrupting gin <laughs> Carry on. This is why I don't like doing these kind of episodes. It's just it's pointless. 
You know what I mean? You try and ex- Jim, you try and you're talking about you're talking you about a song where stuff. your favourite lyric is about falling off a ferry in it because it's funny. <laughs> That's not what I said. We're doing the way I said it was funny. <laughs> we're doing a bit, and then you can get back to your bit about being. You know, I can't be. Honest. I honestly can't be arsed. No, carry on. I honestly, can't be bothered. Do it. Do it. You've got. You've got like a minute left, surely, of doing this. So come on. You can get through it. I don't want to. I've Please. said it. I just think. I just think that the the inventiveness of that turn of phrase is quite interesting, and only he would come up with that. And if you think about it, although now it's marred forever because it's just going to remind everyone of this. So I'm kind of done talking about it. I'm just gonna. You two are. Th- you two are so fucking. Oh, difficult to work with. I'm gonna. It's ridiculous. I'm gonna uh, just take out mine and Liam's track for that, <laughs> and just have you have a mental breakdown for two minutes. Yeah, well, that's why I hate doing these fucking song by song pish things. I even know I suggested this. I've had enough. Right on you go. Oh, Jim. Talk for a Jim. bit. Jim. No, no, no. Toys. I like the pram. If you're gonna do this, this is what you're gonna get. <laughs> Forget it. I was gonna. It's not fun or interesting. Just go. Carry on. I was gonna say. say I totally. I totally agreed with you. And what I think you were going on with the lyrics of "Humbug," especially, was this was a the. It was when it came out, people like Arctic Monkeys fans, and I remember being one of them. Didn't like it. We weren't the biggest fan. Cornerstone was okay, and the rest was a bit shit. Crying Lightning was on there. That was fine. Um, that was quite good because that had that thunderous Arctic Monkeys bombasticness, if you like. But I think, and looking back, Humbug sort of was the maturing of Alex Turner's writing. And it does, it starts to have this fucking beautiful, surreal serenity, if you I'd like. I'd like to it. argue there because he went from Humbug into the lyric Suck It and See. Well, listen to point? yeah, listen to "Suck It and See" is now. "Suck It and See" is a fucking. I, I love, record. I love that the, song. The, the that lyrics in the song. Is, that was a wee joke there. Or, yeah, <laughs> you know, again, not an indistinguishable <laughs> from just a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's what you were sort of mm-hmm. um, pushing on there, Jim. A bit like this is this it, is it, it, it was yeah. Yeah, it's, like, it's where he gets into his darker, more richer imagery. And that period. That, yeah, that's it, man. It's rich and it's full. And when you put it up, I had this thought for one second where I was like, "Hmm, I didn't think Jim would put up Arctic, Arctic Monkeys." And then I went, "Well, well, of course it would. It's fucking Alex <laughs> Turner. Of course it would. Like you know." Mm. Listen to the submarine soundtrack. Listen to any Arctic Monkeys album, especially the latter mm. ones. I mean, you can see the maturity, and it does come from mm. Humbug. So it's sort of the perfect album to discuss. And you say maybe not the best lyrically or whatever you like, but to showcase that lyricism and to sort of engulf that sort, of, find a song that defines Alex Turner as a writer or as a uh, almost like a, yeah like a poet if you like like you need to find something that shows that branching away 
from early Arctic Monkeys into that deeper, darker, and richer curve that they went on, that they're still going on. And I think you've nailed it in the duo's hands. I've uh, realised two things over this conversation. One of which is every third Arctic Monkeys album, I've never listened to it. I know Crying Lightning, but I've never listened to Humbug, like, in its entirety. And I've also never listened to Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. So I thought that was quite interesting. Uh, second of all, when I was uh, thinking about Arctic Monkeys, the first three albums, even though I'm not listening to the third one, I, <laughs> I I always think of that as the Misfit years because I was watching Misfits when I was listening to those albums, right? And not listening. But I've, <laughs> I've noticed because I just looked it up here, they dive like they they cross over, right? So you've got Arctic Monkeys who are like their first album's obviously fantastic but then they get more mature and all that uh, as you were saying Dougal right and and then you've got Misfits who were fucking great and then started getting a bit shit not the band by the way the TV show right and uh, it correlates season 3 of Misfits was 2011 and Suck It and See was 2011 so you know, you see, seen, seen them crossing over there. I no, I really enjoyed this. Again, I've not listened to this album properly. I, I literally, I know "Crying Lightning" off of it, and that is it. Like I was talking about with Conor Albrecht, the way the sentences are structured. Some of the, some of the ones in here are fucking amazing. He became laughter's assassin. That is stellar. Mm. The procession of pioneers all drowned. I love that one. Without the last corner piece, I can't calibrate. I thought that was actually just the the, the entire song is just filled with absolute gems. But I mean, do do you have absolutely any idea what not? It's about? Absolutely, fucking not. I know. Not fucking nonsense, but incredible nonsense. Yeah, that's really. kind of the beauty of it, is it not? That none of us can yeah. actually pinpoint what it's about, but we all probably will have our own ideas the more we listen mm. to it. Yeah, and so it's like some sometimes lyrics are at their most effective when they just evoke something, mm-hmm. but you don't know what it is. Well, I, I'm actually I'm just looking at this last little bit of lyrics, and I don't think he had a clue either. Because he said, "If you've no. a lesson to teach me, don't deviate, don't be afraid. Without the last corner piece, I can't calibrate. Let's get it ingrained." He's no fucking clue what anyone's talking about. He's like, "Yeah, if, if you're trying, well, that's <laughs> what those last lyrics are saying. Use a lesson to teach me. I'll deviate like." If you know what this song's about, I'm not going to listen. But I am ready to learn. <laughs> He'll listen to this, Alex. Big fan of the podcast, you know. He'll have a listen. He'll not, not, re- not responded to any of my emails or fan mails or, you know. Has he not? Anything. No. no. Well, anyway, he hasn't, he hasn't re- you know, thanked me for any of the gifts I've sent him. <laughs> any of the little bits of DNA that I've posted to him. He's, he doesn't seem to care. He's been messaging me asking for grit quite yeah. a lot. Like. I actually know a guy that sorts his fan yeah. mail, and uh, when when he tells him that he tells him that Jim sent another one, he's just like, I chuck it in that bin there, at the window. I think. <laughs> anyway, speaking mm-hmm. of Liam, it's time for him to speak about his song. Sweet. And. Sorry. You know, I'm. 
I, 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 this isn't even really a pun. This is just me saying a word that has the word crab in it. But, um, while Liam speaks about his song, I'm going to set up a wee board and play my favourite game, Scrabble. Scrabble. And that was the time pressure I was under. At this point, I was walking, I was at the door. That was alright. That was fine. We're not angry. I've got a little funny story about Scrabble. Yeah. The best thing about that story is this uh, This episode will come out after Christmas. So it's even less interesting. <laughs> <really>. <laughs> anyway, talk about your cool. song. Fucking Just come on. Boy. Just Boy. Who's it by? Biffy Quiro. That's all I've got to say, guys. Who? Wrap up. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Alright, no, I picked Just Boy by Biffy Quiro. Biffy, obviously, my all time favourite band. I don't know why I'm fucking pointing up at the sky right now, only you guys can see me. This is off their first album, Black and Sky. And I. Again, it was a, I was a, a latecomer to some of their albums. I think it was like a good couple years after I listened to them that I went back to the original a couple years maybe a year I went back to the original album and gave them a proper listen to so this is just when I was becoming the Biffy Quiro fan that I am now and Just Boy just fucking threw it away it was fucking brilliant I don't know why I'm swearing so much the entire thing is basically oh I had this in my head earlier I really should have written this down oh Fuck me, sorry. Da, 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 da. It's alright, just do better. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing's like not feeling good enough and uh, not feeling good enough for someone else and then seeing it in their face. So I was not right there. Then seeing it in their face and just that, that look that you see just making you just drop, like the heart drop out of you. But it goes into this uh, why can't I talk about this that's fucking mental (laughs) I'll just read the lyrics (laughs) I'm uh, I'm alone with these thoughts of mine people look at me (laughs) and tell me just boy a little nonsensical but once you hear the entire song that that, that hook just works so fucking well and then the, the lyrics that I actually love this song for are the last I don't know is it a chorus after hook I am hoping through the dark clouds light shall break and bring a bright sky. And it's that, for me, that that was has been a, a staple of my uh, my listening experience over the last half a decade, probably, to try and, like, if I've ever had a bad day or a bad month or a bad year, that one paragraph, I don't know what it's called in the song, verse, that's it, that one verse is all, always kind of pulled pulled me out of a funk my one of my exes actually got it engraved on a flask for me which i still have but yeah that's just there's not much to say about it i don't have much to say about it but th- those lyrics mean a lot to me uh yeah that's it i mean yeah fuck it i'll go um again i ah uh, well i love buffet i'm not too familiar with their early album um but beautiful song beautiful lyrics and it's just it rings it it 
it's got that similar end to while i'm alive i'll make tiny changes to mm. her like that sort of ending of blind optimism in the face of adversity that's what i was trying to say almost like yeah <laughs> like and that's something that's quite nice it's quite nice to have in a song it's quite nice to listen to in times like this mm. when we're a bit all fucked and not quite sure how life's mm. going and it's just a lovely message biffy Clyro are amazing lyricists and don't get enough credit mm. for it they have some beautifully if something even some of their most overplayed songs let's say are so beautifully poetic in a sense you know mm. what i mean like they are fucking they're very good lyricists and yeah i'm glad they got put up i would say that if nothing else having frightened rabbit to arctic monkeys to biffy clyro is probably uh these are a few of our favorite things yeah. moment coming on from a best mm-hmm. lyrics and it's it's great to be able to have that if you you know jim's got to choose a wee song to be up in catch of the week after this and fuck that from these <laughs> ones uh, i wouldn't be choosing something that'd be like nah they could all go up fuck it like this is this had what i mean it, they're just yeah they're all brilliant and i think um just having that biffy tune in there something that folk might not have listened to it might not have listened to much of their earlier stuff as well um realizing where their where their poetry came from okay i need to i need to say this i need to be honest take this with the best will in the world liam don't uh-huh. get offended i think there was m- many other tracks you could have chose that were more mm-hmm. interesting than this to be honest having listened to it all now not all of it most of it i listened to this and i just it felt like it just didn't it just felt middle of the road to me i just have to be honest i feel like they've done a that's lot that's absolutely fair and you know what i would argue with you if i'd done a better job of describing it <laughs> <laughs> no but like after hearing you guys discuss it i feel like well i must have i just felt like it the the lyrics felt somewhat generic and the song was not one of my favorites mm-hmm. that i'd heard but we can, we're, we're all allowed to be wrong every now and again. I think it. I suppose I was wrong with that, but that's just yeah. the impression I got. No, I think I think it. it's just the simple optimism, as Dougal was talking about, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe it just struck yeah, a chord to th- me. No, but I think no, I think you're right. I think as you know, I've always been a champion for the you know simple things done well, and I think that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's just when I listened to it before this mm-hmm. discussion, that was how it that's how it hit me and looking at the lyrics i just thought i, I, I don't know it just feels like it didn't feel it didn't feel unique to them i feel like they've done other things that were mm. better than that i don't want to be a dick about it and i could have just not said anything and i wish i had but <laughs> i wish i'd said more that's <laughs> fine you guys <laughs> but i love biffy claro and i did enjoy the song don't get me wrong i absolutely enjoyed it really did and right. i don't have like, it's not like i have an alternative <laughs> for you <laughs> like you should have picked this one but I just think having listened to quite a few of their albums recently and fucking loving it I mean like puzzles and that on only revolutions or whatever it's called the one with the, the tree opposites is that opposites, opposites? Yeah. I, can't, I can't remember yet I'm not, I'm not <laughs> quite there yet <laughs> but just listening to some of those later tracks I just think fucking hell that's amazing <laughs> but I wasn't there from the start and you were so what do I know Hey, look! If you're enjoying Biffy, you're enjoying Biffy. So I'm, I'm all good with that. Another recruit for sure. A marked difference from, God, eight years ago or whenever we met, <laughs> and you were having none of it. 
and I knew better then, didn't I? Yeah. 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 I knew. I, I, I was telling people what to enjoy, <laughs> and I was right about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, don't listen to that. Read this. Watch that. Anyway, uh, Jim, to round us off today, do you have a song that you'd like to put into the catch uh, of the week? Uh, not really. Um, <laughs> this is horrible. Can I put Lou Reed in? No. <laughs> no. Okay. All right, well, I think, uh, I think, well, I've had plenty, and this has been just democratic for the sake of it, but I feel like we've had Scott Hutchins in there, in there. We've had a few of my favourite songs in there. So I think we're going to put Conor Albrecht in there oh. just because of the amount of times he's oh. talked about it. And I really love the lyrics. Let's do it. And I think we're going to put in Salutations. Because I think it's just about strong. time. Why not, man? Why not? Fucking yes. Let's and, do it. You know, I mean, Archie Monkeys don't need any more, do they? They don't need 12. <laughs> no one about that. Yeah. I mean, as much as I love that head, head rolls off, that was probably the best one. We've kind of done that. Leonard Cohen and you know, Leonard Cohen's Leonard Cohen, Pink Floyd, whoever they are. <laughs> and then that last one was a jive in my boat, so we're gonna go for <laughs> Connor Albrecht. <laughs> nice. Well boys, it's uh it's time to round off the episode. Was that a round pun? Um No, no, I'm just I'm just uh a bit drunk and need a pee. So <laughs> I'm trying to round off the episode. Good work. That was I. I really enjoyed talking about songs that meant something to us. Actually, mm. it was good fun. Of uh, obviously sponsored by Budweiser, King of Beers, King of Podcast, King of Lyrics. Um, anything to say, Liam? Like and subscribe, boy. Obviously, uh, as well, we had our we game in Liam. Any guesses on what the word was? Oh you... fuck me. We're trying to guess. Um, yeah. Did I get three guesses, yeah? Yeah. Spiritual. Nope. Yep. Um, vague. Nope. No. <laughs> Two words we never said once. Got to be honest, I did a you, and I totally forgot I was doing this. <laughs> Um, right. Hmm. He's praying da, 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 da. for the listeners. He's not praying for the listeners. <laughs> no, but just so for they the listeners, know. He's praying. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we'll just cut that in. It'll sound fine. Subtle. No. It no. was crab. No, it wasn't. It was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It was it was poetic. But poetic? Oh come on, really? Yeah. yeah Fuck was. off. It was a perfect word to choose. You almost said it a few times. We said it every I think every song. Oh, yeah. but I said <laughs> yeah. at the start that the theme was gonna be poetic. Yeah, you yeah. did. And oh, it was shite. <laughs> I was terrified because I thought you were gonna just get it. I didn't even fucking think yeah, no. Fair. Yeah, well done guys. I'm bitter. So all, I'm very, very bitter about that because I called it as the theme. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you owe us a four pack of beer each, and uh, you owe us two a four pack of beer each, and we both owe you a four pack of beer each as well. <laughs> so basically, Jim gets a lot of beer, 
and we get one. <laughs> we'll cancel each other's out, Liam, and just by yeah. Gemma, create a beer each. Yeah, that's cool. That's fine. <laughs> well, we can um, actually we can get we can get Jim a twenty pack of Bud Light for a tenner. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> It fits in with the theme. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> anyway, we've you know gone... what you know what that would be. What that would be, crabulous. <laughs> and on that note, thank you for listening. Uh, I've been Dougal. I've been Liam. And I've been walking on my sideways walk. <laughs> no. <laughs> bye. Bye. Frightened rabbit, isn't it? I'll always be Jim. Rock lobster. <laughs> 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 Rock lobster.